Hey Amarillo, I'm Jason Boyette, and you're listening to Hey Amarillo, the interview podcast featuring some of the most interesting people and stories of Amarillo, Texas. This episode of Hey Amarillo is supported by Pinnacle by Rock Rose, a new community south of Randall High School in the Canyon School District, but inside Amarillo City Limits. This is a new master-planned neighborhood in the fastest-growing part of the city, with 750 planned home sites. And what sets Pinnacle apart is that this is the only neighborhood in the city where you can go to an elementary school, intermediate and junior high schools, and then high school without leaving the neighborhood. So imagine raising a family here and always being within walking distance of your kid's school, with all the schools connected by open spaces and a pedestrian-friendly walkway. Pinnacle has multiple lots available if you want to build, plus homes on the market now from Amarillo's top builders. To learn more, visit PinnacleByRockRose.com. That's PinnacleByRockRose.com. Today's guest is Britton Ratcliffe, who is a senior at Tascosa High School. And look, I don't interview high school students. I did a COVID Chronicles show back in April of 2020, and it featured some of those high school seniors who had the unlucky distinction of being the graduating class that spring. We talked about that part, Uh, but those were short phone interviews. Other than that, my guests have all been at least a few years into adulthood, and that's on purpose. But I relaxed that casual personal rule for this episode because Britton impressed me. And I know there are a lot of high school students in Amarillo who are just as impressive. They're active, involved, energetic, and articulate like he is. And one of my goals with this show is to let my listeners enter into the worlds of people they might not otherwise meet or engage with. Uh, And I think high school seniors, high school students in general, fit that category. So here's a snapshot into the 2024 life of a local high school student featuring Britton Ratcliffe. Britton Ratcliffe, welcome to the Hammerilla Podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Jason. I'm excited today. Absolutely. I'm excited to talk to you. So you have, um, I guess you have the the pleasure of being the first active high school student who's gotten a full podcast interview. Yeah, that when, you know, you emailed me and kind of told me that I was really excited to, to hear that. We were talking before we started recording. I typically say no. When yeah. people say, hey, I would like to be on your podcast. Yeah. You approached me and it was such a unique email. There were so many things that captured my attention. I talked myself out of an immediate <laughs> no. Um, and so here we are in the studio. And I want to start with you the same way I start with all my guests. And that's to ask you how you ended up in Amarillo in the first place. So what brought you to this area? Nothing, nothing special with that question. My, my parents, my dad's from Montana, my mom's from Albuquerque. And so they're both first generation college students. Okay. So they ended up at WT and yeah, I, I've been here my whole life, lived in the same house in Wolfland and. Yeah, man. It's, so they did they meet each other at WT? They they did. Having come from different states. Yeah, they they were both in the in youth groups involved in WT. Oh, okay. Okay. And so I think they ended up meeting each other there, and they lived in Canyon for a few years, and they moved. I was they moved in the house a couple years before I was born, and yeah. Do you know why they stayed here instead of going back to Montana or Albuquerque? Yeah, we've had a couple opportunities as a family to. To go out to mm-hmm. to move, and I don't really know honestly. I we I don't talk about it a lot. Yeah, sometimes kids I'm like, don't ask their parents yeah, about those decisions. Um, and I haven't asked a ton of questions about it. Okay, you've been here all your life, though. I have. Where'd you go to school? Uh, so I started at 
Carver Elementary, okay. and Bivens, Austin, and Tasco. So you're an alumni. So That's I'm right. sure it was a little Class different. Class of 1992. There we go. I'm <laughs> sure it was a little different from when you were there. Uh, but my experience of uh, of school and kind of my path has been nothing short of of diversity. I okay. mean, when you look at those schools, I I can say pretty confidently that in Amarillo, those are that's probably the path of the most diverse. I think you're set right. Of schools. That's one of the stories I've told people about. Yeah. When I was at Tascosa in the '90s, that mm-hmm. you had economic diversity, racial diversity. Yeah. Um, all kinds of people. Like is the least homogenous school I think in Amarillo, yeah. and I think it's the same way still. Absolutely, and a, a bunch of kids, they, I mean, they struggle to wake up in the morning. They struggle to go to school, and honestly, for me, there's been a couple rocky years, but through that kind of career of schooling, like I have enjoyed every school that I've been to, mm-hmm. and I, I really don't see it any other way. Um, my first, from about seventh grade to sophomore year of Tascosa. It was, I don't want to say like a rough patch, but it was definitely like a struggle to wake up in the mornings and, and, and get to school. I, I had this idea of school that, what what am I taking pre-cal for? What am I taking algebra two for? Like, when am I going to use this in real life? Everybody asks that. And, and I still don't use the right, algebra stuff. I was about to say, looking back at it, I don't think that was invalid. Um, but kind of that idea that I had was just, why try? Like, I'm not going to use this in life. Mm-hmm. And so what actually completely changed that for me, um, I was playing basketball seventh grade all the way through sophomore year. And I I started in about sixth grade and I was getting pretty good. And there was I was just committing a lot of time to basketball. And I I was sophomore year summer, I was like, dude, I've really gotten involved and I just I don't think this is really going anywhere. I I don't see myself doing this and I don't see this benefiting me in the future. And I, I kind of want to try something else. I mean, I've given it 110% for four years. Let's try something else. And so my parents were like, well, this is your first year. You're going to start driving. You're going to have off periods from school. Like you got to do something. You're not going to just mess around all day. And so I was like, I'm ready to make some money, man. And so <laughs> I started working and I started working at water still. And I mean, I, that was like the best job ever. It was the great, it was a great balance between like fun work, Mm -hmm. but also I learned so much about professional world, business world and stuff like that. It just showed me a lot. Okay. And I I don't say this is a naive 17 year old, like I've been through life, but the the first job you get, you really are thrown into the real world. Yeah, you are. And so... I I really learned a lot. And so coming back to school my junior year after kind of working the summer and um, working all uh, throughout the school year, I, I changed my perspective of school of I'm not going to use this to how can I maximize my time here to something that will benefit me. And so that has kind of led to a lot of my involvement. Okay. Let's, let's talk about your involvements in – a moment. Um, I do know that you are a student at Amtech Career yeah. Academy. Yeah. Uh, tell me about that. Tell me what you do at Amtech, what you're studying there. So I and how actually, that works like day to day. Absolutely. So Amtech, I was a little skeptical about Amtech at the beginning, just because it was it's a very career oriented mm-hmm. school. And so I wasn't too sure about it. Like I had no clue really what I wanted to do. I mean, if you would ask me the third week of this senior year, I would have told you I have zero clue. Okay. And so I've kind of created this whole like thought out plan just in the last couple months. Junior year, 
my my mom, she's a teacher at Tesco. So she's the iPad teacher. And so she got like a tour of Amtech. So she's like, just come with me, just see what it looks like. And so I was like, oh, I'll go. And so I ended up going and getting a tour of the school. And it's it's like a college. Like there's no bells. Mm-hmm. There's the passing periods is everybody just kind of walking around. There's a cafe there. There's lounging areas where you can take a nap, do homework. Like it really, the the vibe of the campus is just, it's really cool. And it, yeah. it when you're there, you feel kind of mature. You feel like a it feels student. really different from Tesco. Absolutely. Stuff. It yeah, absolutely. And so I started at Amtech my junior year and I took courts all the way up through my life, tons of like personality tests, career tests, just to kind of see, just to always have an idea. And so the two main things that I was always bouncing back and forth was um, an attorney and mm-hmm. being a pilot and two completely okay. different things. But those, for some reason, every career test I took, they, they just always said that those two things. And so I ended up going to Amtech and they were offering a class called Quartz. Okay. And so in that class, you do mock trials and the whole reason I wanted to do it was just to see what it would be like. And so I think the cool thing about Amtech is I, I don't I've never got like a certification from Amtech. I know they offer a lot about that. I honestly don't know a ton. What I do know is that it's an opportunity to give you a taste of whatever it is you want to do career wise. Right. And so for me, if if I didn't enjoy that courts class, it was gonna completely show me, hey, being an attorney, getting your law degree is not for you. Um, and it actually, I ended up loving the class. I ended up being pretty good at the class. And so I was, it really was reassuring for that okay. uh, attorney idea. You had interest in being a pilot too. I mean, there's a flight simulator. The, yeah, Amtech there, there also. is a flight simulator. We looked at that and I was actually not able to take that class because you had to take, you had, you had to have some prerequisites to do it and I didn't have them. And so I was able to squeeze in court my sophomore year, maybe junior year. We were picking classes for the year and Every, when you when you go into high school, everyone picks an endorsement. So my original was like business marketing. And so, I mean, you can obviously change it, but kids, they usually stick to kind of their endorsement and they take electives around that. And so by, I, I'm pretty sure sophomore year on the back of my paper on my endorsement, it says like not available. And so I, unfortunately, I you did have to have prerequisites to the fight simulator class, but I, I did courts and I ended up loving it. What does your day look like going to Amtech? I mean, are you, are you at Tascosa for part of the day and Amtech the rest of the day? Yes. Yeah, so the last two years, I've I've loved it. I've had the opportunity to go to Amtech in the mornings. So school starts five minutes earlier at Amtech. So instead of eight or 10 minutes. So instead of 805, it starts at 755. Mm-hmm. And so I drive straight to Amtech, and a lot of kids have to have a travel period who yeah. don't go to Tesco, so just because it's yeah, because it's within half mile of Tesco, right? So. Exactly, and so I mean, kids can walk. Yeah. there's kids who walk all the time, and so I get to start at Amtech, and I I go, and it's I just I love being there in the mornings. Being going to Tesco in the mornings for like tests or whatever, it just feels so odd to me, mm-hmm. and so kind of getting that different type of day-to-day life was really, really exciting for me. So I ended up going to Amtech for my first and second period last year. Now I'm doing business English okay. um, there. I, I couldn't do another year of Shakespeare. I was like, I got to <laughs> I gotta figure something else out. And so I decided to, there was a class business English yeah. that kind of taught you professional world skills, cover letters, resumes, Microsoft Word and stuff like that. And I was like, I'll, I'll get into that for sure. Yeah, it's, I mean, nothing against Shakespeare. Some of my favorite classes <laughs> as an English major were the Shakespeare classes. Yeah, but business English is something I use on a daily basis, yeah, you know, exactly. and I'm, I'm not quoting Henry V or anything <laughs> right. every day. So let's talk about some of the ways that you're involved, because one of the things that struck me when you introduced yourself is that you have 
a lot happening in your life outside yeah. school, which, um, you know, th- there, there seems to be an ambition and a community involvement uh, in the way that you approach things that's maybe a little bit different from some of your peers. And so yeah. tell me about some of the stuff that you're doing in the community. So my junior year at Tascosa, I was in this Bible study and we had around 10 to 12 kids. And so in that Bible study, I took a little bit of a leadership role, whether it be curriculum. And it it was early in the morning. It was like 640. You had to be there. And it, it was hard. We weren't getting it's a, a commitment. Ton of, yeah, we weren't getting a ton of kids. And uh, kind of the structure of it was slowly declining. And so I decided to take a step away um, from that. And at Tascosa, it is the most diverse school in Panhandle. I can say that confidently. And so when you look at diversity, you look at all the types of different religions that are there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a book about it, 12 different religions. Yeah. And so... Um, they may all be represented at Tesco. Right, absolutely. <laughs> and so uh, kind of looking, you you have to be able to cater to everyone. And so, again, I don't want to dive too deep into my faith, but I definitely believe that I, I show Christ's actions through my actions. Mm-hmm. And you can invite someone to church all you want, but the the way... I was I was given gifts, and the way I use them is by just having relationships with people, striving for community. And so, the I started the neighborhood just to apply to everyone. And in okay. middle school, I I was going to church. I just I wasn't too familiar with scripture and my Bible, and so I I, I didn't think a Bible study was for me. And so I, it kind of scared me away from that. I started the neighborhood to be kind of just a safe space for everyone to just kind of come hang out. We're not going to reference a ton of scripture. We're not going to really deep dive into faith. We're just, we're building a community here. And it's at Tesco, so that's the name of the the group. Yes, and And so it happens at lunch. We provide free pizza and tea for everybody. It happens every Wednesday, and we just, we hang out. So the first week we started, we had... I think 12 kids come. We did it at 4.30 on a Wednesday after school, and, like, no one came. There was, like, 12, 8 kids. And so we told ourselves, like, hey, we're looking for the right kids who are coming, not the amount of kids are coming. And so we we were – if you're coming – if we have 10 kids by the end of the year, but they, find, they found community, they found friendships, like, we did a good job. Right. Um, and so the second week we did it, we – same thing we did in my mom's class. We did it during lunch, though. And I was, I think, like two minutes late to the classroom because it's it's a long walk from where I was. And there was just a line of kids outside my mom's class. Probably, I think we had up to like 45, 50 kids that, that second week we did it. And so the things we talk about is the, the first week we just introduced everyone kind of, hey, I'm Britton, I'm a senior, and I'm taking debate right now or whatever it mm-hmm. is. And so... The, the third week we came, we ran out of pizza completely. We did it in the AC foyer, and there was like 60 kids there. Mm-hmm. And we ran out of pizza, which is a great problem to have, but it was it just took off immediately, and it was so awesome. And so we we just talk about issues around kind of the school. Like um, I remember we've, we've talked about like school safety. Do you feel safe at school? How do we f- create a safer environment at school? Um, do you feel like we have a community at Tesco? So what is community? How do we create community? What is empathy? Is empathy good? Mm-hmm. How do you, is, is that something you need? What is religion? Do, do you think that religion is necessary? And, and it's all student led. And, and it's, I, I like to think of it as very Socratic. So okay. in a neighborhood, there's no King, there's no queen. There's no, there's no one in charge of the neighborhood, right? Everyone's just kind of doing their job to make the neighborhood cool. 
And so that's kind of why we called it the neighborhood is everyone's just in it. And I might buy the pizza and I might start the questions and be asking the questions, but by I don't really consider myself the leader. Like it's all, it's just a neighborhood. We're all kind of doing it together. Okay. Tell me about the First Bank Southwest stuff. Yeah. So the HR representative from First Bank Southwest came to our classes to talk about this program that they were creating. It's called the First Bank Southwest Student Advisory Council. Right. She came to talk to us and I was in economics class and she came to just talk about what the program is. And there's a generational gap in banking right Mm -hmm. now, and especially in local banks. There's a lot of old white men who are kind of controlling the banks right now, again, especially in local banks. So the First Bank Southwest CEO, Andy, he saw that. And so he decided to create a council, a student-led council, to try to find a way to bridge that generational Mm -hmm. gap. And so we've had tons of projects of like secret shopper, networking projects, and it has been life-changing. Hmm. I I have worked at Waterstill, Hodgetown, Walgreens, and you get some aspects of professional world. But when you get into like banking, it's very... You, it's a bunch of guys in suits. Right, exactly. And so you're kind of taught something. We, we've been taught professional world mm-hmm. skills that have been absolutely, totally useful to me. Tell me how how First Bank Southwest is listening to you. Like, yeah. One of the perspectives I have, and, and this is having kids, you know, um, who are in their early 20s, mm-hmm. you know, they'll use Venmo all day long. Right. Um, they are they may have money on their Apple card or things like that. And and sometimes we have to remind them, hey, you've got a balance on Venmo. Let's right. put that in your savings account yeah. or that sort of thing. And and so there there is, like you said, a looser relationship with the banking world. Mm-hmm. And I know the banking world wants to connect with you, but what are some of the things that you and your peers are telling First Bank Absolutely. Southwest? So our last project, it was last month, and it was a secret shopper project. Mm-hmm. And so we were each assigned a branch of First Bank Southwest, and we had a little checkboard of things that they were curious about their branch, whether it be exterior design, interior design, um, throughout the transaction, we had to set up an account. Okay. And so throughout the transaction where they cross selling products and it it was, it was a secret shopper thing. It was really cool. And so we then got to present a project that we, we we got to present a presentation that we constructed based on kind of the results of what happened. And so we got to present it to the executive board of First Bank Southwest, which was a great opportunity. It was really interesting, really cool. And they, I remember one of the groups said, and the app, the app is hard to work and it would be cool if like you integrated like a QR code in it to, uh, I, I don't remember the exact idea, but like the CEO was sitting in the meeting and he wrote it down and he was like, I'm telling you, we're going to put that in effect like tomorrow. Yeah. Like that's brilliant. And so just things like that, like they really are listening to what we have to say and they really do care. Each meeting we kind of talk about. What's relevant to us? You 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 brought it up like Venmo. Like, why do you use Venmo? How can we kind of associate with with the youth, with the younger generation? And so again, we've had projects like that. The last month we got to go to the annual First Bank Southwest Christmas reception. Okay. And so we were partnered up with one of the one of the First Bank Southwest executives, and they would walk us around just introducing to us to a bunch of people throughout Amarillo. And so 
I was the last person to leave that party. Just I was so busy talking to everyone. I ended up meeting the mayor, scheduling a meeting with him, um, got to meet with one of the execs of Crossbar uh, BLM management. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to be able to go and sit into one of their meetings next week. Okay. And just networking the heck out of people. And it was like, you don't get that opportunity, especially as a 17-year-old. Yeah, for sure. And so when when I get to go on to more professional jobs it, after college, these a lot of these kids aren't going to have a ton of experience. And so I'm going to go in very with all these skills that First Bank Southwest has taught me and kind of start competing with some other people who have been doing this for a while. Okay. You know? So a, a lot of the conversations I've been having lately uh, have been with professionals, with politicians, with people interested in quality of life here in Amarillo. Okay. And we talk a lot about the fact that we produce some really talented people here. Mm -hmm. We produce some really successful people, but a lot of times they leave and they take that talent someplace else. Right. Like our biggest export is our talent. And so we've talked about ways, what does Amarillo need to do? What do we need to change to attract those people to come back after college or to start their careers here or to stay here to go to college. And so I, I want to hear about your experience of Amarillo as a, as a teenager, as somebody right. thinking about your future yeah. and experiencing what it is right now and sort of how you think about this area where you grew up. I think that Amarillo is a wonderful place to grow up. Just it's, you there's not a lot there's not a lot again that you can do here in Amarillo like when you think of like activities there's sure. not a lot that we that we bring to the table as Amarillo so it's fun to grow up in Amarillo and when you travel you then you get to go do things so no one wants to travel to Amarillo when they live in like New York City sure but when you're from Amarillo and you're traveling to New York then it's more of like a conversation and so my college essay is actually about Amarillo and how with the things that I'm passionate about in my interest, I have felt limited at times. Okay, And so uh, some of those big things for me is like outdoors. I'm an avid mountain biker. I'm a really big skier. I can tell you about anything about land cruisers and overlanding <laughs> and um, climbing, just hiking, just being in the outdoors. Right. Like I, I, Whatever it is, I am associated with the outdoors. I love everything about it. And so for Amarillo... Near Ski Mountain is Santa Fe, four and a half hours away, and um, nearest mountain biking. We have actually some pretty good mountain biking here in Amarillo. We have Palador Canyon is is moving up in the mountain biking absolutely. world. Absolutely, it's Canyon. not a destination like Moab or anything. Right, like that. right, but I mean Pal Palador Canyon, and and still it's thirty minutes away, so it's right. quite a bit of a drive. And so, um, a bunch of kids in Amarillo, they feel, and this is from a high schooler's perspective. Sure. We, we really do feel limited. Like, man, like, what is there for us to do here? And so a lot of the kids who who don't know what else to do, they end up drink, underage drinking. They end up partying. And that's a lot of what actually happens here in Amarillo. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> My generation, too. So that's not a change. And so it's it's definitely been a challenge for me, who I, I'm not involved in that whatsoever, but I have to find ways to get involved in Amarillo with the things that I enjoy. And right. at times it can be challenging. And so, man, I'm during the summertime, I'm doing I'm waking up at 630 and going to Palo Canyon every morning. Um, during bike season, I'm driving to Angel Fire four and a half hours at 4 a.m. in the morning to go to their downhill park. During ski season, I've got, I think, 12 days already this season at Santa Fe. Okay. Just really using the extended space of Amarillo. And 
Another thing is thrifting. I'm a big thrifter. We talked about that. Your son, he's involved in that too. And especially fashion. And so that has been a really, really challenging thing in Amarillo is fashion. So you, I I did some brief reading on your book. It's a guy's guide to life. And so you talk about these masculine stereotypes that we, that men have. And so fashion is definitely in that conversation, wearing shirts, high pants, hats, like whatever it is, like there's definitely some stereotypes um, with with fashion in Amarillo, and so it's it's been challenging, definitely to it. I, I I appreciate fashion. I can express myself through it, and not in a crazy way. I'm mm-hmm. not walking runways in New York or anything, but I like kind of being different than than what's around me. And I've seen. I mean, I've seen that happen with your generation. You know, you mentioned my son, like him and and his friends. Are all athletes? Yeah, you know, and and they're also going thrifting every weekend when yeah. they're not playing basketball. We go on vacation. We hit up the, thrift the local yeah. thrift yeah, store um, because there's more stuff there than there is in Amarillo. Yeah. And so and, and I do feel that that your generation has has started shifting, either shifting those stereotypes or like just completely stepping outside of them right. to where it's it's totally cool to be into clothes. You know? Yeah, and not necessarily expensive clothes. I mean, yeah, he's, he's buying $2 shirts and it's the best thing yeah, that, that he's found. Exactly. And I'm, I'm a big vintage hunter of nineties, eighties, seventies. Like I, I, I have an online shop. I, I go through Depop and kind of sell my stuff through there, but yeah, it just being into fashion in general, again, in, in Amarillo, they see a guy with like a tote bag walking around. He's now gay or he's feminine or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And it's it's definitely been challenging, but it's also been a way for me to express like, hey, like I'm not dressing in the same thing that kind of everyone else is. It's kind of been a way to express my confidence in my differentiality. Okay. For, yeah. Your uniqueness? Yeah, my, my uniqueness. Tell me, you're a senior right now. This is your yeah. last semester. Tell me what your future looks like, at least as you understand yeah. it. What are you going to do next year? So... I have applied to 22 different colleges, Jason. Okay. 22. Each one of those is a long process, <laughs> and so well done. Thank you. Um, I, in the last three or four months, uh, probably three or four nights a week, I've stayed up past 12 a.m. I'm a pharmacy technician at Walgreens. I have school and then college, and so it's literally felt like I'm living three different lives okay. every day. And so a big reason for that is, I, I, I hate to say it, all 22 of those colleges are not in Texas. All right. And so, uh, again, my dad from being Montana, mom, Albuquerque, they, I've had the opportunity to travel a lot. I've been a lot to the East Coast, New York, Philadelphia, D.C., Boston, Chicago. I've been to Louisiana and then kind of all the places around uh, Texas, mm-hmm. kind of Dallas, Oklahoma, all of that. And so I've had a great opportunity to travel. And so that really opened my mind up to things beyond Amarillo. And again, I don't really know what's in store for me and going to college out of state and that's, we're looking at seven years away. And so I don't know if I'm going to end back up in Amarillo or not, but I mean, I have applied to 22 different colleges in New York, Portland, Iowa, Arizona, Arkansas, Kansas, Vermont, Boston, like literally just everywhere call every school in Colorado and so um, I 
I have really worked hard on those applications and there's been, we've narrowed it down to, I don't want to say narrowed it down. We have thought about two different colleges. It's Reed College in Portland, Oregon okay. and Skidmore College in Saratoga Springs, New York. All right. And so both really big and outdoors, they have very progressive communities. Mm-hmm. And so those are two real big draws and those are actually the only two colleges out of the 22 I've not been admitted to. And so we're hoping to hear back around April or March um, from them. And those are definitely the favorites there. It's the cool thing about those colleges is they're no loan colleges. And so I'm going to get as much financial aid grants, scholarships as possible. And then they end up covering the rest of what you can't pay for. So the goal is that you leave with your undergrad without having to have any loans. college debt. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Are you still looking at a legal career? Is that still yes, kind of the absolutely? Under-radar? And so I'm hoping to get my undergrad in macroeconomics. Okay, I, I I took that course, the AP macroeconomics course at Tesco's this year, and it's for me economics is something that applies, especially macroeconomics. It's more theory based. It's mm-hmm. more idea principle based, and so that applies anywhere. It's principles that work. It's principles that are efficient, and so it's not just maximizing economy markets and things like that, like you are finding out ways to maximize potential in other ways outside of the course as well. And so that's kind of the strive for macroeconomics. And then I am hoping to get my law degree after. I I don't necessarily know if that means me being an attorney, mm-hmm. but the cool thing about the law degree and why we chose it is that it's a very broad thing. Like you walk into a room with a law degree, it looks pretty good. Set you apart. Yeah, exactly. And so um, that law degree, again, whether I end up in consulting, an attorney, business law, like whatever it is, I I think that it's a beneficial degree that we okay. can definitely look at. I want to close this section up by asking you to imagine yourself in 10 or 15 years, um, you know, whatever you're doing. Maybe yeah. you're a consultant. Maybe you're an economist. Maybe you're, yeah. you've got a law degree and you're walking into a boardroom. People ask you about where you grew up in Amarillo, Texas. What do you think you'll tell them? How will you describe it to them? I'm going to say, again, it's, it's a wonderful place to grow up. It's, it taught me how to be myself, how to find passion, and how to find interest in the things that I'm passionate for, how to pursue those things. Uh, there, there's a lot of opportunity in Amarillo, like you said. And uh I think, again, there, there's just a lot of opportunity. It, it You can work on yourself a lot. And I think a lot of people who grow up, Amarillo tend to have the idea of like, oh, it's limiting. You, you, it's, it's hard to be yourself in Amarillo if you think differently. And I mean, there's challenges. Don't get me wrong. I think that's maybe a perspective of Amarillo, that yeah. it's sort of a monoculture. I don't know that that's always true, that it, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a misperception about the city because... I know a lot of people who are into their own weird stuff and they thrive here. Absolutely. And so again, I'm, I'm a big, a big thing for me is passion. I I'm, I'm passionate about a lot of different things. And so I'm, I'm also a big problem solver. Mm -hmm. And so if I can't be passionate about the things that I'm passionate about, let's problem solve. Let's figure out how to continue to be passionate, how, how to do all that while being almost limited. Okay. And so I think that's, Emerald just, it has a lot of opportunity, whether you see it or not. 
it's something that has opportunity for anyone. This episode of Hamarillo is supported by Dr. Eddie Sauer, who practices general dentistry at Shimon Dental Group. Eddie has been my dentist since I was in college. He's taken care of my teeth. He's taken care of my kids' teeth. He's a national speaker on Invisalign and uses that technology to improve his patients' smiles and positioning. We've used it in my family with really, really good results. It's so much easier than metal braces. Learn more by following Shimon Dental on Facebook or visit shimondental.com. That's S-H-E-M-E-N. This week's episode is also brought to you by SKP Creative. SKP Creative wants to remind listeners that the March primary election is coming up next week, Tuesday, March 5th, Super Tuesday, with important national, statewide, and regional city races on the ballot. Early voting is underway right now, last uh, through Friday, March 1st, and in this area, less than half of registered voters typically vote in primary elections like this one. But that's the only way to make your voice heard. So go vote, and thanks again to SKP Creative for the reminder. You can find them online at skpcreative.com. Okay, I'm back with Britton Ratcliffe. Britton, this is part of the show I call Eight Straight. Eight Straight is sponsored every week by Panhandle Plains Historical Museum and Canyon. It's the largest history museum in Texas, and its collection includes the fossilized skeleton of an Allosaurus, which is one of the most dangerous meat-eating dinosaurs of the late Jurassic period. It was 30 feet tall. It's like the first thing you see when you walk into the paleontology wing there. Uh, one of the most popular pieces in the museum's collection. You can learn more about that at panhandleplains.org. Okay, first question is, when you think of Amarillo 10 years from now, what do you hope for? We, I was, so my dad, he lives in Town Square and my mom lives in Wolfland. So two totally different okay. sides different of the city. And so I drive from I-40 and I hop off on the road Helium and then I wrap around to Town Square. And so I think me, me and my friend, we were driving over the other day and we were talking about it and Amarillo is going to expand. Like the idea of Amarillo is, is, is expansion. We're already expanding. And so uh, again, I think there's a common idea of Amarillo that if you like this or this or this, you're going to be limited. And I think if Amarillo can kind of get rid of those stereotypes, if, mm-hmm. if we can put more in place for everyone, I think that we have the ability to expand into a really, really cool city. I mean, we have a charm in Amarillo. Yeah. You, you come to Amarillo, everyone knows everybody. You have old neighborhoods, cottage houses that are just it, – it, there is a charm to Amarillo. And so – I think when I think we have the opportunity to really make something special out okay. of the city, especially for the younger group. Yeah, and you mentioned the loop too. I mean, right now it's almost finished. Yeah. They've been working on it for 15 years, but it's, you know, it, it's kind of out, you know, in a rural area, or at least it feels like it. And 10 years from now, I bet it's surrounded by houses. I mean, yeah. Especially out there by Town Square. It'll, yeah. It'll I mean, they're already it. building ex- yeah. water stores and all that. Okay. Other than wind, what does this area have too much of? <laughs> Other than when this area, um, I'm going to be real with you, Jason. There's a lot of people in Amarillo and they think what they want to think. And there's no changing that whatsoever. Okay. There's whether that be traditional thinking, whether that be closed minded thinking. I think there's a lot of people who are not necessarily open to more things, more things coming to Amarillo, okay. whether that be ideas, whether I mean, whatever that may be. And so. Stubbornness. St- you could say. Close mindedness. Close mindedness. Yeah. 
And that, that I'm not saying that from judgment whatsoever. It's just growing up. I, I have definitely seen that. Mm-hmm. And so I don't really know how you problem solve that and how you change that. I haven't quite figured that out it's, yet. It's ingrained, I think, in the culture. I think it's part of the isolation here, too. I mean, pe- people have become really self-reliant. And, and again, there's there's a charm to that. I mean, yeah. you come to Amarillo, we love high school football. We love cattle. We love farming. We love oil. Like, we have all of this in Amarillo, and it's kind of what Amarillo is built upon. And so it's hard when we have such, like, a historic factor in our community, it's hard to just say, let's take that out and let's expand yeah, more on it. Let's inject fashion. Yeah, into exactly. It. And so I, I think there's a charm to it, but there's also some closed-mindedness that we could learn to expand on. Okay. What does this area not have enough of? Again, uh, outdoor space for sure. Um, I, I'm a big outdoorsman, whatever it may be. And so... There's a really cool thing that we have is the crossbar area, Mm -hmm. and that's actually the only BLM we have in Texas. It's the only public land we have in Texas. And so I think that's a really cool space. And again, like, let's figure out how to maximize that. Like, we we have the potential. We have all – we have Paladero Canyon. We have Santa Fe four hours away. Like, let's try to figure out how to maximize what we have. And so – whether that be more climbing, more biking, like, I don't know. Let's, let's figure it out. Okay. So this is a question that's just for you. It's a new one. What's a common high school hangout <laughs> that might surprise adult residents? We talk about, well, there needs to be places for, you know, for the kids to hang out. Right. People talk about Synergy or the mall or whatever. Yeah. I expect that that's a bunch of adults talking who don't know what they're talking about. So What's the high school hangout? Something that's I, I hope is surprising and it's funny enough. I can't say I participate in it is Sonic camping. Okay. It's we we have slang <laughs> for it, and uh, I again I've never got involved in it. I don't know what the big hype is. I've I've never done it, but you go at Sonic on a Friday Saturday night around eight to ten, you're gonna find just dozens of high schoolers running around. But for me, uh, I think the the older people call it Hobo Hills, uh, mm-hmm. Ninth Street. Yep. Um, any chance I get, any off day I have of school, any time I just don't really feel like going into school, you're going to find me on a bike ride or a trail run, whatever it is. At nine, I call it Ninth Street, um, hanging out. It's yeah. it's really it's really cool. It's trails. been transformed the past few years. It has. There, it's a really cool area that a, a ton of people don't really know about. Mm-hmm. So I love to hang out there. Uh, again, I, I drive a Land Cruiser, and so they have some trails you can drive around in the yeah. back. That's just real pretty. That. Um, that, that are really cool. So I spent most of my time, I mean, I'm always doing something. My, okay. my schedule is always full. And so it, it, to say hangout spot, I'm either at Roasters or Hobo Hills doing okay. something. Does it matter what Sonic or is it all the Sonics? That's not a question for me, man. I'm not <laughs> sure. I just have You're heard the terminology out. Sonic camping. Okay. What's your favorite local coffee shop? I'm going to say Roasters hands down. I have probably, I always make the joke. If I had a Roasters in my living room, I would be in Harvard Law by now. I don't know what it is about the vibe, about the coffee. Like, I don't know what it is. I'm able to perform. So I'm just able to lock in at Roasters. I don't know what it is. And so, and uh, especially this senior year, I've probably came in two, three times a week for the last, since the beginning of the school okay. year. Is there a certain one you go to? Uh, I spend most of my time at Georgia. I've been to okay. a mall and I've spent hours at them all. Um, my my teacher, Mr. Klein, he actually created the black and tan is the coffee I brought you today. And it's 
I he he's really into like craft beer. Yeah. And so I think that's really cool, especially outdoorsy hipster vibe that I have. I think that's really cool. I'm 17 years old, man. I, yeah. I that's not you, something you can't that, get into the craft exactly. beer. Exactly. And so I was trying to find like artsy, cool ways to kind of get involved. And so I saw uh, he, he was getting me into coffee. So he created the Black and Tannet Roasters. It's a combination of a dark blend, light blend coffee mixed together. And I go grab a coffee of the day, either iced or hot, depending on how I'm feeling. And I'll stay there from 1230 to 9 a.m. close. I, okay. I absolutely love roasters. Okay. What's your favorite local restaurant or food truck? So, as I said, man, I've applied to 22 different colleges, Jason, and here's the deal. The biggest thing that I am scared of is not having Sharkies every week. I love Sharkies, absolutely, whether it be nachos, burritos, taco salad. I am killing Sharkies. I'm getting five spicy ranches and killing something from Sharkies every week. I absolutely love it. There's taco trucks all over the boulevard. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know any of the names. I, I'm not that fluent in Spanish just yet, but um, you'll catch me down there sometimes as well. Okay, what's your favorite building in Amarillo? Legally, I think I have to say Chase Building. I mean, I'm sorry, First Bank Southwest Building. Okay, <laughs> the, the tower downtown? Right, um, but... That's just because I'm part of the council. Uh, I I can't think of any other buildings besides my lovely home that I love being at. <laughs> okay. That's acceptable. Um, all right. When was the last time you visited Cadillac Ranch? Funny enough, and I hate to say it, I've never been to okay. Cadillac Ranch. I've been here for 17 and a half years. Spoken like a true local. Then. And I've never been there. I've drove past it dozens of times, and I've just never decided to make okay. the stop. That's legit. <laughs> Um, so that concludes my eight straight questions. I like to close by asking my guests to endorse something. So what's one thing you would like listeners to know about or to experience? I don't have a specific goal in Amarillo, right? I think part of the reason I'm on this podcast is because I, I don't have a specific agenda. I'm kind of all over the place. I love being involved in community. I love being involved in relationships. And another thing of that is my interest whether it be outdoors, thrifting, fashion, whatever it is, like I, I just, I love to be involved in whatever it is that I'm with. And so we've, we've talked about it throughout this podcast, but I think that there's a thinking of Amarillo and especially in the younger generation that you can't do this, you can't do that in Amarillo. And the, the awesome thing is that you absolutely can, you just have to find it. There's, there's such a, a we've been built upon high school football and farming and cattle. And that's a, a lot of what kids think of Amarillo and that's it. Mm -hmm. What they don't see is the extended outdoor space, the, the extended environment, the extended relationships and community that we have in Amarillo that you that we can completely maximize on. Um, and so just the, the, the kind of the thing that. I want to tell other kids, uh, the younger generation and whoever your audience is, the older generation too, like whoever it is, I want them to be aware that you can make Emerald what you want it to be. Okay. You know, there's not any building or business or idea that I want to promote. That's just kind of really it. Okay. Britton Ratcliffe, thank you for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jason. I've had a wonderful time. And that concludes the episode. I want to say thanks again to Britton for the interview. 
Uh, also, want to say thanks to Pinnacle by Rock Rose, Shimon Dental, SKP Creative, and Panhandle Plains Historical Museum for supporting this podcast. Thanks also to Angelina Marie for editing the show. Thank you for listening. I, I really do appreciate it. I hear from listeners all the time. My guests hear from listeners who've heard them on the show. Um, I love that. Hey Amarillo exists on a weekly basis because of listeners like you and the local people who support it financially through patreon.com slash heyamarillo. Hey Amarillo's executive producers include Patrick Burns, Katie Linger, Corey Burns, Josh Wood, Jason Burr, Cindy Graham, Wes Reeves, and Barbara and Jim Witten. This has been episode 342. My name is Jason Boyette, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>